Welcome back to Podcast 36 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by MyBookie.ag. For a 50% sign-up bonus, please visit MyBookie and use the promo code The Oddsbreakers. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to help us out with the cost, sponsor the website and the podcast, we would love to help you out. Please visit theazbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also follow us on Patreon. And if nothing else, please visit theazbreakers.com and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. All right, my friends, NBA rolling, MLB, all kinds of fun. The Preakness didn't turn out great for me. I had a saver ticket that got me a little bit of money back, but... Nothing special with that. Had a good UFC weekend, but the whole time I was in Cabo, San Lucas, uh, drinking a little tequila <laughs> and a few other things. I got to tell you, that place is amazing if you don't have kids with you. <laughs> There's a few people with kids, but that is not the place for kids. It is party central. Uh, going down to the Mango Deck, the office, that area, absolutely insane. Uh, this place called Squid Row at night just uh, it goes up, goes on pretty much all night. I had a blast down there with my wife, and we were with some couples. Most of us stayed about five days. Couples stayed seven. One stayed four, but there was about 14 of us total. It was just a absolute blast just to get out and relax and kind of decompress for a while. Had a lot of Mexican beer, as you can imagine. Did a little bit of shopping when we had time, but there was just a lot of pool, a lot of beach time, uh, lots of amazing food. We stayed at Amelia Hotel called Paradisus Los Cabos. It's kind of between the airport and downtown Cabo. It's an all-inclusive place, and if uh, you consume a lot, I would uh, definitely recommend going all-inclusive. Uh, it just takes all the worry off everything in that place was five-star top-notch. They treat you. There's a person for you everywhere you go. Um, just a ton of fun. Uh, check it out online if you are playing vacation. It's uh, I highly recommend Cabo. It's an, it's an absolute blast. But I got to tell you, when I got back on Monday, had to go right from the airport, right through customs to coaching my son in the baseball playoffs. And that was a, uh, that, that was a little bit of a rough a rough outing, but I was able to power through it and uh, get some sleep and be refreshed for the next day. But man, I got to tell you, uh, going to Cabo, nothing to regret. What an amazing time we had. Speaking of amazing times, the Oddsbreakers is doing extremely well. Our amazing group of handicappers is prepping for the NFL season, the college football season, while pounding out MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, horse racing, and more every single day at theoddsbreakers.com. And you listeners out there want to give you a shout out and thank you so much for being with us. I know our listenership goes way up in the fall for football and goes down during baseball season, but some of you diehards out there are still listening to uh, hear about the research 
that I put my time into for the NFL as well as college football. And I really appreciate you guys. You know, you guys are the oddsbreakers, diehards that uh, find the time. And I want to thank you guys for all that. And I want to thank all the premium customers that I have that help keep this uh, thing going. It's definitely not cheap to have a podcast, a website, and all the advertising and stuff that goes with it to uh, just keep your website up. I had a website issue over the weekend and it went down and it was uh, the hosting issue. It was their fault and probably not going to get much back for it from what we lost. But either way, uh, after about 48 hours, it came back up and uh, just wanted to thank all you premium members out there. We're going to have a couple extra giveaways for you coming this summer. So I can't wait to get those going a little surprise for members and as well as new members that sign up throughout the summer but we have a great show for you today because steve norman mr bobo Betts, is going to come on and cover some soccer there is an, a massive just a massive event going on this weekend the uefa champions league final liverpool versus Real Madrid. He's got some info for you on that. He's going to talk a little bit about the Premier League and how he's done in that, uh, as well as handicapping the sport himself. And then he's going to talk a little bit about the Eagles and their line against the Detroit Lions coming up this football season. So can't wait to get into Steve and all that great information he has for us. Before Steve comes on, I'm going to break down the NFC North. I was able to finish my season preview on these teams, a little bit of a power rating, strength of schedule, key losses, key additions, who they drafted, you know, uh, a summary on some of the players they traded as well as new coaches. And then uh, I take all this information, make a power rating, make a number on a season win total using my secret sauce. So uh, you can compare that, and once in a while, we'll even have a play for you on some of these totals or futures within each division or possibly even within the conference itself. So going to talk about that. But before I go into that, I want to preface some of the things that I use for my off-season handicapping. So talking about schedule, I like to use a basis of team rankings and I like the way they format their schedule. Now, there's Sagarin out there, and I disagree with some of Sagarin's stuff. You know, he has a strength of schedule, and it's a little bit different than some of the other ones. I like team rankings because I can stop it right before the playoffs begin because we're talking about regular season win totals a lot in these situations. Um, sure, teams have gotten stronger in the playoffs, but at the same time, it's hard to quantify other teams that played more games than the ones before. So I go by strength of schedule from what they did the previous season. And for the future season strength schedule, I go by Warren Sharp's season win totals. So basically what he does, he adds up the schedules teams with their season win totals and the teams that face the hardest schedule have the highest number, right? So if you're like, The Rams, you're going to play a first-place schedule, and maybe you're playing some very difficult divisions. 
uh, you're going to have a harder schedule than, say, the Lions, who get, play a fourth-place schedule. You know, teams like Jacksonville, right? Uh, teams like the Giants. You know, they're going to have a much easier schedule than the teams that finished hard. Um, it doesn't always work out like that, but it just because sometimes the bottom feeders, that division just has a really hard conferences they face maybe they're facing the AFC West and the NFC West imagine imagine those being the conferences that you play uh this year that would be excruciating <laughs> that would be a very tough schedule but uh you know this is how Warren does it and I completely agree with because it it's a market thing for example if you go by uh strength of schedule based upon wins last year well, that doesn't make a ton of sense because teams like the Ravens were extremely decimated in with injuries. So they're really a better team than what they showed. You're not going to reward teams playing the Ravens because they had, what, seven or eight wins last year when they should have had you know, 10, 11, 12 when they were healthy. I mean, same thing happened with the Niners when they lost Jimmy Garoppolo for the whole year, right? It's like uh, if you use strength of schedule based upon the number of wins, you're not gauging the true power of some of these teams coming in. Plus there's a lot of changes, lots of trades. Are you going to judge Seattle, what they did last year with Russell Wilson? Or are you going to downgrade because of that Matt Ryan on, on Atlanta? You have to factor these in. And that's why I love using Warren Sharp's uh, visual here for uh, NFL strength schedule based upon the forecasted wind totals. It's the most accurate one out there, in my opinion. Another way of doing it is adding up the power rating of the opponents. Uh, that, that's I agree with that as well. I think that's absolutely fine. But usually the season win totals kind of, the market shapes that. So it should be similar to what you you get with your power ratings anyway. If not, maybe you're, you're the one that's actually off on your power ratings. But anyways, let's get into the NFC North here then. Freaking finally. So let's start with the preview of the North itself. I usually write a quick uh, paragraph or two on each conference and uh, kind of what they're facing here. So the NFC North, they have a chance of being the worst division in all the NFL this year. And sorry to the AFC South and Jacksonville and Houston there. I just do not like some of the things that happen with the Chicago Bears. And I do not like the bad play of the Detroit Lions, right? Now, maybe these teams switch places. You're going to see what my thoughts are. But the Packers, they have always been sitting on top of this division, but their Pythagorean win total was so much lower than their actual wins last year. You saw it kind of show its face in the playoffs a little bit at home, as well as uh, the Vikings uh, really underperforming. Now, it's going to take a lot to be that bad, but you still have the Titans that look pretty good, the Colts that should be better next year, and the Jaguars and Texans should have gotten better themselves. So I'm just saying it and throwing it out there. There's a chance the NFC North might be the worst division in football. There's two massive coaching regime changes out of these four teams. That's another thing to factor in as well. Two coaching changes. So when there's two new head coaches coming in, that doesn't bode well for continuity, and we love to talk about continuity here as well. I guess the good news for the NFC North is that they play the NFC East, which isn't necessarily great. The Giants sit in the bottom there. Redskins are, yeah, you know, decent. 
the Eagles, eh, a little bit, a little bit above decent, and then you have the Cowboys up top. So it's not like the NFC East, the massive powerhouse. And then you play the AFC East that still has the Jets in that situation. Now Miami could take a step forward if Tua Tungavailoa is good this year. And they also have a new coach in Miami. So it's not like they have a really bad setup here for schedule. So the division should be able to feed off of some of those bottom feeders, um, like I just mentioned. But <laughs> the chance that the bottom of this division could be as bad as the Jets, the Commanders, uh, the Giants, right? And so that would bode pretty well for them. Start with the top team in the Green Bay Packers. I have the Vegas win total at 11 in most books. So their 2021 wins was 13. Yet their Pythagorean wins, based upon the points they scored and points they gave away, should have been only 9.79. They're really only a 10-win team based upon that. Now, there's some clutch factor into that. And when I'm doing my secret sauce to my season win totals, I factor that stuff in. Aaron Rodgers is clutch. You know, I mean, sometimes teams just do enough to win. Well, the Packers, you have to give them a little credit for that as well. But um, you also have to factor in things like turnover luck as well as some other intangible things like injuries. I use all that information when it comes in to come up with my numbers on season win totals. But going into the Green Bay Packers, like I said, 13 wins, 9.79 Pythagorean wins. And you can see that article on all the Pythagorean win totals at theoddsbreakers.com. It's on the front page. The Packers' power rating I came up with was 5.75. And they finished pretty high in my power ratings, around 7 uh, last year. But you got to understand when you're coming in on power ratings in the NFL or pretty much a lot of sports, you want to take the top and in the bottom down a little bit and smoosh it together a little, right? You, because these teams are coming off of an offseason. They haven't played. I, I, no one should be an extreme favorite. Now you're going to have blowouts. You, it, if you can predict them, God bless you for sure. But um, there's also situations where teams got better and you you didn't even know it because they just worked harder than everybody else in the offseason. Maybe their new coach hire was great. So it, the best rule of thumb is to not have a huge disparity in the beginning. As the season goes on, your disparity grows. Maybe the di difference in points of the best team and the worst team is 14 in the beginning of the season. Maybe it's 17 or 18 at the end. All right, so Packers schedule medium. Their at-large games are versus the L.A. Rams at Tampa Bay. And Tennessee, they have a first-place schedule, right? But uh, I say medium because <laughs> they still get teams like the Bears two times, the Lions two times, and some of those bad teams in the NFC East and the AFC East. They're going to get to play them. So that's how they became medium according to Warren Sharp's projections. So good for the Packers there. They should have a harder schedule. Last year, their schedule was actually medium-hard. Key losses, wide receiver Devonta Adams, wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, edge rusher Zadarius Smith, guard Lucas Patrick, quarterback or cornerback Kevin King. That's a lot of players. Devonta Adams, Scantling, Zadarius Smith, pretty big guys, right? Even Lucas Patrick. Uh, King, not so much. Key additions, wide receiver Sammy Watkins, defensive tackle Jaron Reed, 
punter Pat O'Donnell. <laughs> he actually came from within the division, the Bears. We call him Mega Punt because he can punt the bar, ball far. So I figured I'd throw him in there in the key additions. What the hell? They didn't pick up a lot of other guys, really, in my opinion, that were worth talking about. Who they drafted. I loved the Packers draft, and it pains me to say this as a Bears fan, but I thought they did good because I liked Quay Walker. I think he might be the best linebacker in this draft. Um, and defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt, same team, Georgia, might be the best three technique in this draft. So that is a fantastic job for the Packers. Uh, wide receiver Christian Watson, I had the Packers picking them with their first pick. They get him with the third. Now, he comes from a Division II school, um, but he was just an absolute beast. His measurables are amazing. He's fast. He's 6'4". He, he's going to be, of course, boomer bust, but good good chance for a boom factor on him. And if he could be just somewhat of a replacement for those receivers, that would be good. We'll see if Sammy Watkins has any gas in the tank. So my summary is that Rodgers should be really happy that he got super paid, but it costed them a lot because Adams is gone. Traded to the Raiders, um, a few other guys like I mentioned, but the Zedarius Smith, um, I, I hurt somewhat, but I think he only played a few games last year. I think he was hurt a lot. Um, I, as I said, the draft could save them. We'll see what their wide receivers can do, but when you have really good quarterbacks, they get in good with the receivers right away, and they turn bad receivers into good ones. You know, I think guys like Randall Cobb. You know, you saw what happened when he left the Packers. He didn't do nothing, you know. It, it, it's quarterbacks, really. If you're very accurate, you can make an average, average receiver a great receiver. And maybe that's what <laughs> that's what they're thinking about Tyreek Hill with Mahomes. I, I think that Hill is definitely more than average, but who knows how that's going to turn out. But going back to the Packers, they might not miss a beat if everybody develops and you have to remember, tight end Robert Tanyan will be back because he was injured. My season number on the Packers, unfortunately, is 11.4. Okay, So I'm somewhat optimistic on them, but their number's 11. That's not enough juice to make a play, especially on the over. I usually lean under on season win totals because if you add them all up, they uh, are higher than the total amount of wins allotted in a season. So I need a bigger discrepancy, and 0.4 is definitely not a big, big enough discrepancy for me to go over 11. So I'm not going to play it, but um, the Packers are favored to win the division, and so there you have it. Shit. All right, next team is the Minnesota Vikings with a win total of nine wins. Let's take a look at them. In 2021, they won eight games. That was the most popular over bet in all the NFL was the Vikings, and they didn't finish. Pythagorean wins actually was pretty close, 7.96. Cousins blew a lot of games, but so did their defense. Their defense blew a lot of games. The Cardinals game was one of them. But guess what? They get to get revenge because their at-large games is at Philadelphia, against Arizona, and against Indianapolis. Now, that's not the worst at-large schedule for a second place. I mean, obviously, it's not ideal that you have to go to Philadelphia, but you have a shot against Indianapolis at home, and Arizona should be less of a team, and I think that's uh, one of those they can win. But their schedule is medium, according to uh, Warren Sharp's analysis, and their schedule last year was medium hard. 
give a little back for that. The key losses, Coach Mike Zimmer and staff. I thought Zimmer was a pretty good coach, but he just couldn't put it all together. Uh, tight end Tyler Conklin, center Mason Cole, safety Xavier Woods, and outside linebacker Nick Vigil. Key additions, Coach Kevin O'Connell, uh, defensive coordinator Ed Donatel, Edge Zadarius Smith, <laughs> right from the Packers there, right? Uh, defense tackle Harrison Phillips, inside linebacker Jordan Hicks, guard Chris Reed, and tackle Jesse Davis. So lots of work in free agency there. And their draft, safety Lewis Seen from the Georgia Bulldogs, cornerback Andrew Booth from Clemson, good corner there. Uh, guard Ed Ingram and a bunch of dudes. Now, Minnesota is going to be a really interesting team to me. Kevin O'Connell had time to learn under Sean McVay of the Rams. The problem is you never know how much it was him and Sean McVay as coordinator there. I mean, just a few years back, 2019, 3-13 he was an offensive coordinator with the Redskins. Did pretty bad. Maybe... He turns the corner because he spent a couple years with McVay. We'll see. New defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel, is a career assistant, but also has been in the Fangio system since like 2009 or something. Uh, I think there's a lots of upside for him here, uh, being a full-fledged DC uh, on a good team. Um, and the Vikings drafted secondary help. I love that uh, with Lewis Seen and uh, Andrew Booth. But what they got... And Zadarius Smith might be huge in free agency. You gotta love that because you get you help your secondary, and then you help the edge rusher. That's a perfect weapon against the quarterbacks, right? Now you also have to remember Daniel Hunter, who was injured like I don't know, was he injured the first or second game last year? He was injured for a long time last season. He should be healthy, um, and uh, that's going to be huge. You know, him coming back. You know, I think it's all about what we're really going to get. With quarterback Kirk Cousins. Um, he tends to disappoint a lot. But uh, this is the year he has to make it happen. And he's got a lot of weapons. I, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic with this team. And I think that they actually make the playoffs. My power rating on the Vikings is a 2. Which is above average. right? So you're sitting there with a win total of 9. That says they're a little bit above average. My number is actually 9.48. Isn't it enough to get me to the table to bet the over? No, not necessarily. It's also juiced at minus 115. But I think the better play is to bet them to make the playoffs. I should have said that the Harrison Phillips defensive tackle pickup and the Jordan Hicks should also really stop the run. I just like what they did with their defense, and I think they got a great shot here. Um, I'm going to bet them to make the playoffs at plus 100 because they could do it with nine wins they could even do it with eight wins in this crazy division and crazy nfc you never know what's going to happen um and uh heck if they get the 10 uh, god bless them i i really highly doubt they miss the playoffs with 10 has happened before but it would take a lot of other good teams in the nfc to uh come out and i think a lot of people died out so we'll take them for one star to make the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? All right. The next team I have ranked in this division 
is unfortunately not my Chicago Bears, and that pains me because, I mean, I want the Bears to be good, but I just can't see it the first year with the new coach. I think the Lions might be better, and I have the Lions in number three in the NFC North. Their win total is 6.5, juice to the over. Their 2021 wins was 3.5, but their Pythagorean wins was 5.24, okay? So a much bigger difference there. Detroit's power rating is minus 4.5. Now, you might think that's pretty low, but you also have to remember that this team was in the dumps last year, and I'm going to have six or seven teams at least lower than them around the five, six, and seven range um, for my power ratings. I have to start them out somewhat low, but I just do not think, I, I think they, they have a lot of upside. Their schedule is easy, so that's great. And that's why their win total is a little bit high, 6.5. At-large games against Seattle, no Russell Wilson. At the New York Giants, very winnable game. Brand new coaching staff, uh, I think new GM. And versus Jacksonville, very winnable games in their schedule. Last year, their schedule ended up being medium. And this year, their schedule, like I said earlier, very easy. So that's great for them. Their key losses, not much. Outside linebacker Jalen Reeves, Mabin. Key additions, not much either. Safety to Sean Elliott, wide receiver DJ Chark, and linebacker Chris Board. You know, I mean, besides Amon Ross St. Brown, they don't have much of a receiving core here. This team did nothing in free agency, so that hurts me a little bit to want to upgrade them too much. Uh, who they drafted. Edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson, right? A lot of people had number one in their draft board. Wide receiver Jamison Williams. Great receiver from Bama. Might be the best receiver in the draft, but coming off an ACL. Edge rusher Josh Pascal. So I think that year two, Dan Campbell, very fiery. He's going to get them motivated. You know that. They're going to want to come out the gates rolling. They were very quiet in free agency, but, you know, according to Football Outsiders, this team was the third most injured team last year. So they're getting a lot of guys back just from injury, right? I expect some positive regression there at least. One thing that worries me is that even though this was a pretty good draft class for Detroit, they really missed out on getting some good linebackers and another defensive tackle to help stop the run, which they ranked 25th in opponent rush EPA and 28th in rushing yards per game. They need another tackle to help that McNeil over there. Uh, they also won't get uh, Alabama receiver Jamison Williams until October. So, I mean, I'm guessing Williams misses six games in the beginning of the regular season. That's not going to help either. But the good news is that they have a, a very easy schedule um, and they should have won about five and a half games last year. I think they might get to seven wins this year. And I, I know the season win total tells you that, so I'm not going to unfortunately have a bet on it again. But uh, golf he better do something with those makeshift receivers until Jamison comes back. My number is 6.87 wins. 
my lean over 6.5. We're going to give you a lean over 6.5. And finally, my fourth place team in the NFC North is the Chicago Bears. And their Vegas win total is also 6.5, somehow juiced to the over. 2021 wins was only 6. Pythagorean wins was 6. or 6.56. Okay? So they underachieved a little. Chicago Bears power rating, I have minus 6.5. They're probably one of my four or five, maybe four, I didn't do everybody yet, worst teams in the league. Now, of course, they do have upside. We don't know what happens, what's going to happen to fields. But I just don't love their at-large games. It's called medium easy, their schedule. I, I think Warren Sharp actually had them a little bit more towards the easy but I disagreed a little bit with that uh, just because I don't think the Bears really have it that great with their at-large schedule here, right? San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco was the third-place team in the NFC West. <laughs> How they're, they're like dogs at home by six and a half points. What does that tell you? At Atlanta... Now, what sucks about that is that I'd rather play San Francisco away because you're going to lose that game anyway. Now you have to go to Atlanta, which makes it more complicated and hard, and then they get Houston at home. And I should mention, the NFC gets all their at-large AFC games at home this year because they all went away last year. So in general, NFC thinking a little bit more of a shove to the overs just for that, of course, this in a whole plethora of things you do to handicap. But just keep in mind that they get the extra home game this year. Um, and uh, Houston, you'd think should be a win. But, you know, Houston's doing some things too. Key losses, Coach Matt Nagy. That's a good loss, in my opinion. I thought this guy was clueless and the worst motivator in the world. He was a yuppie. Yuppie, people don't respect yuppies. You know, he's just a yes man, in my opinion. And that's who... The McCaskies hire is, you know, people like them. Um, linebacker Danny Trevathan, they lost. He didn't play a ton last year. Edge Khalil Mack, they traded. And they were able to get a second-round pick for him. I mean, it sucks. And Mack's getting a little older, but he was still the leader of that team. Well, I guess it's going to be Roquan's team now, but that's massive. Akeem Hicks isn't signed. Is he going to be a Bear? If not, that's really bad. Because Mack and Hicks were top two, three players in the whole team next to Roquan. Guard James Daniels, he was meh. Allen Robinson was good, but he didn't play a lot. Quarterback Andy Dalton did play a decent amount. Lost him. Wide receiver Jakeem Grant, he was a nice spark for the Bears for a while after uh, Tariq Cohen was injured, but apparently they're not backfilling that uh, with uh, anybody too special anyway. Defensive tackle Bilal Nichols was good too. They lost a ton. Key additions, Matt Eberflus, obviously. And uh, jury's still out on Eberflus. <laughs> I, I still question the hire. Maybe there's something I don't see. But when it comes to the bear, you, Bears, you have to be pessimistic. Uh, def defensive tackle, Justin Jones. Quarterback, Trevor Simeon. Wide receiver, Byron Pringle, who just got arrested in Florida. Who they drafted? Cornerback, Kyler Gordon. Safety, Jaquan Brisker. I mean, they could be some sleeper guys in the second round, but, I mean, Gordon went to Washington. Brisker was actually pretty good at Penn State, I believe, and the Brisker won a little bit more. Wide receiver, Valus Jones, who's a speedster. He's kind of like a Henry Ruggs guy. Um, but 
a bunch of dudes they got, a bunch of some Division two guys. I, I just the draft didn't blow me away, and a lot of people ranked him pretty low on it. My summary is no team has went through quite as many big changes as the Bears this year, and the new coaching staff, new GM, young quarterback, learning a brand new system the second year. Uh, they traded the face of the franchise in Cleo Mack. I just can't be optimistic. There's only way you can be is pessimistic. I'll maybe be cautious and just hope Fields was the guy that pe- guys that people think, but he didn't look that good last year. He was inaccurate, and you can see that his release time is pretty slow when it comes to the NFL. In the NFL, you need a faster release time. You don't have an Ohio State line you know, facing a Maryland defense. It's just not like that. Uh, six wins is what the Bears had last year, and I'm not even optimistic they can match that. They signed a bunch of below-average guys in free agency, drafted a bunch of no-names. This could be the Houston Texans from last year. So I, I see a very low floor for this team and also a pretty low ceiling. I have them at 5.73 wins. I might take that under 6.5, but I'm kind of getting greedy and want a 7. But just in case for some reason my uh, Justin Fields turns out and uh, Ibrafus turns out good. I, I think I'm going to be leaning really hard on the under 6.5. I'm just not quite there yet, but my number's 5.73. I'm going to wait a little bit and try to shop around. Maybe, maybe Chicago market pushes that number up a little bit. Well, there you have it. That's my NFC North preview. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any, any comments about that, feel free to tweet me or us at the odds breakers i'd love to hear your thoughts see where i was wrong see where i was right and all the good stuff that comes with good old twitter all right my friends enough about nfl let's get into a little soccer with our guest mr steve norman from the oddsbreakers.com now i'm very happy to welcome back one of our very own soccer and nfl handicappers who's literally blowing up in this world, Mr. Steve Norman from TheOddsBreakers.com. You can follow him on Twitter at BoboBets. Steve, how you doing on this fine Wednesday? I hope uh, I, I hope the weather's turning for you out east. Yeah, it's actually nice. Right? I think we're in the 70s. And um, I had to wear the Orioles hat for the uh, the call-up today for the OddsBreakers podcast. I feel like Adley Rutschman now. So I had to, <laughs> had to give a little, pay a little homage to the hometown here. Wow, Baltimore, man. Oh, they <laughs> I mean, a couple I, seasons. Give us a couple seasons. We'll be back. Yeah, they're the, they're the, the Detroit Lions kind of team in that division. <laughs> yeah, you, oh yeah. You need them to come back, but you know, it's just so hard. The competition, man. Oh man, you got all that money from New York and Boston, and you know they're they're stuck there. But uh, I believe in you guys. I hate the Yankees, so I want <laughs> you guys to win. <laughs> Either love them or hate them. That's it. Yeah, it's like you know they have a ton of money, so it's like uh, yep. they're gonna outbuy your team most likely. <laughs> you know, uh, unfortunately, I'm worse. I'm a Cubs fan where they do have the money and still suck most of the time. Still, so. Yeah, you got yours. Uh, you got yours. It's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, we got ours in 2016, and it's still in my mind. But eh, it's getting older now. We'll see what happens. It's not going to be this year for sure for the Cubbies. But, man, I got to tell you, soccer's rolling here. It sounds like you're having a great time. I've been following you. Why don't you tell the audience how you got into betting soccer and, I guess, your love for the sport in general? Well, actually, I grew up playing soccer my whole life. And recently, um, you know, probably like 10, 15 years ago, if you think about it, like 
accessing and finding like Premier League soccer games on TV with now our streaming streaming capabilities and everything, it's completely different now. It's so easy to watch these games, get invested into them, and really being part of the oddsbreakers here after the NFL season, you know, I needed to really go all in and have another another sport that I genuinely loved and knew about and uh, had an interest in. So that's that's really how I, I came along to really grow to really like this league a lot. Oh, that's awesome, man. And uh, a love that you played when as a kid. And uh, there's just so many leagues, isn't there? Oh, a, a, a ton, a ton. <laughs> and I'm still, lear- I'm still learning them. You know, now that like you, it, it's literally like a, a, a league of, it's like an onion. You know, you just keep peeling back the, the layers to figure out, okay, why is this team in this league now and this league and that team over there? And so once you figure it all out, it, it seems confusing at first, but once you really dive into it and invest into it, like anything else, it starts to make a lot of sense and it becomes like second nature. Awesome, man. Well, that is great. And so it's like you have like that little niche with people then that kind of like the, the people that understand it. Like I understand soccer. I can talk it, you know, there's not a ton of yeah. people that can do that, but um, you're one of those people that sounds like a go-to person for somebody trying to learn the sport. So I think that's really cool. Why don't you uh, tell us how betting's going then and uh, for the odds breakers and for you and, um, and what you learned along the way. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, this is my first time really tracking it uh, substantially going along the way. I had a record that uh, only hit at 47%, 67 and 74 But on the positive side, my units were plus 5.74 units, so I ended up in the green for the season. So I was really happy about that. Um, one thing, a couple of things I learned, I came in halfway through the season, so the table uh, for Premier League was already starting to take shape. Uh, we kind of saw where the standings were for the teams really found out that with, with soccer specifically, teams can get very, very streaky. I've seen teams that could go on five-game losing streaks, not be able to score a, a goal at all, and then out of nowhere come back three games in a row and beat some top-quality competition. So kind of trying to find those like patterns and rhythms was a, was a big learning curve for me there as well. And also, one thing, we, we tend to kind of get scared of uh, betting heavy juice games right like we try to like ah, that's that's too big of a favorite we don't want to put our money on it and i've, I've come kind of uh found out when i figured out these patterns that you know a home team may be coming off a loss that is playing a very inferior competition being around like minus 200 minus 250 just you know the juice doesn't matter if you're right and i i found myself sometimes putting four two to four units on those types of plays and they would more times than not, do well for me. And I always like the 200 to 500 range if I was going to bet that type of uh, those high-juice, high-value games because I think they're still, you're still able to recover versus you know if you're really going into the, the minus 400 favorites, the minus 600 favorites, those are going to be a little harder f- to recover from overall in a season for your record. So two to 300 range is what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said two to two fifty, two to two to okay. three hundred. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said yeah. five hundred. Okay, no, that makes total sense, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. That you know, and that's kind of a range that people like to actually bet baseball. It's funny, is you mm-hmm. see all these stats like, hey, the people that bet minus two hundred and minus three hundred win. You know, they, they, yeah, they're not scared. And the people that are losing is the ones that's betting the minus one sixties, minus one fifty. It's yep. just funny, and I think it was different before, but that's how it's been lately for baseball. So I find that extremely interesting. 
And that's exactly how I'm starting to feel with soccer. Like seeing a home team minus 125 and they're, you know, maybe a top five team versus, uh, you know, a bottom seven team. That line is more times than not, I feel like I've, I would lose on that line. Yeah. Taking 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 that uh that um that shorter minus one twenty line, so I think there is something to be said about that and tracking that. Absolutely, especially you know if there's if there's a feeling that um the line's not up. Sometimes it's like if the line's not up to two hundred, why is that? You know, you gotta ask yourself, mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. why is that? What what's keeping it down? Well, I can see a scenario. I can see multiple scenarios losing this bet, and that sets you mm-hmm. back. You know, especially when you're um, betting juice, you gotta. Bet the right ones. You know, that's the important thing to be, to pick those. So I love that. Glad we talked about that. That's awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Premier League then? Um, is it different betting that than other leagues? Yeah, it's a lot different, specifically because we have the uh, the draw factor. You know, like every other, uh, I think, you know, baseball, hockey, your money line bets for NFL, we're going to go to overtime and figure out a winner usually. And for for soccer, we have to really you know consider what what's going on with the draw and that that being an aspect. So figuring out okay if I if I like a dog in this game and they're maybe a plus two hundred dog, but you know they they are very capable of uh, uh, having a draw as well. You know, kind of maybe hedging your bets sometimes on and playing both sides. It depends on you know what book books are offering. Sometimes books offer double results. Well, they'll give you you can have the outright winner and the draw sometimes i couldn't get that on certain games so just kind of looking at the lines and figuring out okay which way lead lead yourself to having some outs if you will makes total sense Uh, okay so that and it must be a very competitive league if it's always thinking about the draw man that is uh that that is insane okay well there's a big event going on this weekend in soccer i believe the uefa champions league uh, 3, yeah, 3 p.m. Eastern with Liverpool versus Real Madrid. So how big is this event? How exciting is it? And do you have any takes or leans on it? Well, the, the thing is, I uh, I always tell this, the, the average fan, sports fan that really doesn't know anything about soccer, I always call this the Super Bowl of soccer for Europe. Like, this is huge. It, it, it's massive. It kind of like marks, especially for us in America, it's like usually always around uh, you know, our Memorial Day weekend. So it's just, it's just a huge event. It's really exciting. Liverpool has been on a tear this season. They've they've won their local Calder Cup. They won that. They just won the FA Cup, and they barely just missed out on beating, uh, winning the Premier League. Man City ended up taking that, but they they would have been they would be going for their third title this year right now. So they are on a mission, and I really think for Liverpool. Even though they've had so much success, I think this is like the cherry on the top for them. That they this is like the end all be all of the champions uh, of the championships that they really have to get and want to get. So I uh, I'm, I'm really liking Liverpool in this one, but do not sleep on Madrid. Madrid to get to this final, they they scored two goals in the very end in the last minute against Man City to force an overtime, where they ultimately beat Man City and. Let's not forget, Man City just won the Premier League. So this is top, top competition. So they are battle-tested, and they are definitely able to compete. Well, is but, that... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I was about to say something we're stupid, or I'm stupid for not saying. Is there a line on this first, you know? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Liverpool right now is a plus 110 for the uh, 
uh, money line and Madrid is plus 245. But um, then there's also to raise the cup and Liverpool's minus 160 to raise the cup. So if it were, this is actually a match that will go to uh, overtime if there is a draw, but you can still met, uh, bet the live match draw as well. Okay. So uh, I guess when you say raise the cup, what's different about that? So raising the cup means even if they go to overtime and penalty kicks, if they are the ones who are hoisting up the cup at the end to win the overall championship. Okay, so penalty kicks in overtime don't count as mm-hmm. a win if you bet the money line. What? Um, so the uh, the money line would not count as a win if it goes to overtime. Correct. Like oh. so, like the lines I just gave you at plus one ten and plus two forty five. That's for regular time. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I just wanted to make sure that we clarify mm-hmm. that for the audience because it's just such a different handicap and um, it's, it's definitely different and that's where it, it gets like really exciting and like sometimes very nerve-wracking <laughs> very nerve-wracking uh how, how how does this match completely is there it possible to become a draw like draws plus 265 so it's got to be possible to become a draw yep yeah, it'll uh, it'll draw and then that means it's going to overtime for uh you know it'll have two 15 minute overtime uh, halves, if you will, and then if it's still tied after that, then it would go to penalty kicks. But the draw is just for regular time as well. That is interesting. 2.65 mm-hmm. times your money to make if this thing draws. Well, as a soccer fan, <laughs> and if you aren't a Liverpool or Real Madrid fan, that seems like a, t- a tempting bet because you want to see a kind of a great game. Not, not, yeah. not saying there's positive EV because I wouldn't know that. Right. Well, that's the one thing that's, uh, you know, here in America has always been a knock on soccer that I've always heard was, you know, the, the games are low scoring or it takes forever to see action and scoring and they end in a tie. Well, that that's not um, it, it's exciting if you have money on it that way. You, let's put it that way. You know, it makes yeah. it like honestly tie. riveting. If you, <laughs> if you bet if you bet the draw. Oh, man. Like it's exciting. That sounds like it, man. Well, what do you have a side or anything to give up? I do have I, I do have a side. Um I, I'm right now I'm really I think I'm leaning towards Liverpool. I think like I said, they, they are on their mission. They uh they've already won two champion championships this year. And one thing I, I really like and I really know that I'm on is I think this is a battle of heavyweights. I think there's not gonna be any holding back. They're gonna just be exchanging blows back and forth, and I, I think the over is definitely going to be a, a sure bet for myself on this one over goals oh, over one. over uh yeah i think the, the right now it's two two 2.75 i believe so okay. uh, i think i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely looking to see some scoring in in this one awesome man well great stuff before we move on where or before we go i should say i have to talk a little nfl you know how it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got to talk about your team, the Eagles, my man. The Eagles, interesting. I mean, great run last year. Surprised a lot of people. Sounds like they're pretty comfortable with Jalen Hurts. They made a massive move in the off season. Did they make the right moves? And we can talk about AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is AJ Brown? What is he going to bring to the table? Is he going to stay healthy? We know he's had his hamstring issues. For me, I'm more concerned. What what is Jalen Hurts? What, where, what, is he getting the ball to him? I mean, I've seen so many games with him last year of just 
you know, airmailing the ball to over receivers down the sideline. You know, we're talking receivers like Quez Watkins, who a lot of people probably don't know him if you, unless you're an Eagles fan, but that guy has blazing speed. And if you're overthrowing him, you're, you don't really have touch on the ball. So <laughs> that, is my, that is my one thing is I, I just don't know where Jalen Hurts is going to be. We'll see. But it, can we figure out that touch because – He's still, for me, more of a run-first kind of quarterback. Right, right. No, that makes total sense, man. Jalen Hurts, run first. Do you have any thoughts on their first game line? Have you looked at it? I, I have looked at it. It's at four and a half. Last year, Eagles went into the Detroit, and they won 44-6. to six, So, <laughs> destroyed them. You cannot tell me with a coach, uh, is it Dan Campbell? Yeah. In the, in the Lions? Mm-hmm. He is definitely that, you know, that high school post uh, like put, putting the poster on the wall, remembering things like that. It's their home opener. And let's not forget the Lions. They, uh, they showed up a lot in their games. I, I think this is going to be actually a battle at four and a half, and I'm already leaning on the Lions. I, I've heard a lot of people say that. And, you know, I, I talked to some pretty pretty interesting people in the business that's been around for a long time. So you're, you seem to be on the same side as them. So I'm loving it, man. Great stuff. Well, where could our listeners and viewers get your great information, soccer plays, and your NFL packages for this year? You can find me on Twitter at BoboBets and also at the Oddsbreakers right here. I have, um, I'll be posting a lot of articles, especially this summer for NFL, getting the packages ready to go, and we're going to be revved up. For those who don't know, I was uh, last year with – at Farley Bets, we finished fifth place in Circa. So yeah. listen for all, all our picks and all of our specifically, you know, even more so our NFL knowledge as well. Yeah, what an amazing run that was, too. I'm so proud of you guys. Fifth place. We shared a lot of texts that those nights, man. And uh, you, had, you had some fun. And I was so, I was very proud oh, yeah. of you guys. You and Chris killed it. Uh, you deserved it, too, man. And uh, it's, uh, always have that memory. But, hey, we're going to come sign up again for next year and give it another run, oh, yeah. man, because that is what yeah. we do. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve, for coming on. Make sure you guys make sure you guys check him out. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the big championship match. Thanks, Kev. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this show. A huge shout out to Steve Norman for coming on and talking about his soccer plays and the huge game coming up this weekend. I hope you enjoy that. I hope you enjoy all the MLB, all the NHL, and all the NBA. And go. Get some winners.